It's time for JT the Brick. I love my job. I love the opportunity that I can come in here and talk to the Raider Nation. Talk to JT. As we are rolling on on the biggest topic in the NFL, who will be the Raiders quarterback? This is nothing to dive into and look crazy about. Have we lost our bleep in mind? Look, the elephant in the room is the majority of our audience are Raider fans, and they would like the Raiders to win now. They don't want to rebuild. They don't care about two or three years. The last 20-plus years have been hard, and they're sick of it. Excuses die. The record stands. JT the Brick. Are you kidding me? It's an absolute free-for-all with the Raiders on national radio debate shows. Everybody now is throwing blank up against the wall. No, no, no. Who are you listening to? Who's putting this in your head? But what happens next is what should this team do that's responsible, not reckless, makes sense, and could kind of thread the needle and get this team back to greatness. Are you with me on that? Put some respect on JT the Brick's name. And now, sound off like you got a pair. Here's JT the Brick. Out of the gate, JT with you on a big day today brought to you by PT's, the best happy hour in town from 5 to 7 to midnight to 2. And they have their VGK watch party at the SG bar right at the top of 215 in Flamingo. Uh, that is my home team bar, the closest one to my house, the home of the famous $3 Uber that drops me off if I watch a game there. So go on out there and catch the Vegas Golden Knights. Big deal. We got a VGK watch party, VGK and the Sharks. They're our proud partner here, Golden Entertainment. They own the SG bar, 64-plus taverns here in the Valley. They fuel the monologue. I'll be there tonight at some point. I'm going to come check it out. Vegas Golden Knights, really a run to save the one seed overall and have a shot. As we've been talking about all year, an opportunity to come through the easier West, looks a little bit easier than Boston and the East, and have an opportunity to thread the needle and get back to where we were year one, if you recall, when the Vegas Golden Knights went to the Stanley Cup final in their inaugural season. They've added goalies. They've added players. They've added multiple coaches along the way. It is time now for the Vegas Golden Knights to take advantage of this opportunity. It's a must. Okay, these opportunities do not come along often in hockey where you're the one seed in the Western Conference if you can hold on to that. And if you look at them right now with 98 points, Minnesota Wild with 97, Dallas with 94 in Colorado, the Kings lurking with 96. This is the moment we've been talking about with this proud partnership we have here at Lotus Broadcasting, our sister station is the proud partner and, you know, the lead here in town on talking about this product here. We've got to change our mindset now in this town. I talk Raiders when the Raiders are relevant. They're always relevant. But Vegas Golden Knights hockey, 98 points in the West. It's time for everybody to get the hell out of the house, everybody to get out of work, everybody to go to this watch party. It's time for people, I'm not saying they're going to win the Stanley Cup, But I like the opportunity coming through the Pacific and the West compared to having to go through the East and go up against the juggernauts of the Bruins and the Leafs and all the teams that are waiting there. 103 points for Carolina. The Devils have 100. The Rangers, 98. And they don't have to play in that conference where you're not going to get by Boston. And if you do, you're going to be beaten and battered. So let's get behind this team in this city here. And let's have an opportunity to have two months Two months of bonus hockey here and something for us to talk about heading into the summer. So the Vegas Golden Knights watch party is tonight. SG Bar at the top of the 215. You come up the 215. You get off at Flamingo. You come up Flamingo from the strip. And right before you get on the 215, it's right there. It's a beautiful room. 
fantastic room to watch hockey, and it should be a lot of fun tonight as we open this up. All right, one of my jobs to do is to look at things and wonder if it's real or not. And today, Anthony Richardson had his pro day in Florida, and it looked pretty real to me. I am the only one in Las Vegas who was there for Jamarcus Russell. Me, nobody else that I'm aware of. I was there for Jamarcus Russell as he had his pro day. And Jamarcus Russell then held out from the Raiders in Napa. And the day he walked into Napa, it was too late. The Raiders couldn't save him. He liked the purple drink. He liked to party. He had a mansion. He just didn't want to work, and it was over. I would never make a comparison to Anthony Richardson to Jamarcus Russell. Why would I? This guy, AR, could be the starting quarterback for the Raiders in two years. The Raiders are there. They were at the pro day. The guy threw a ball off the ceiling. Correct. Off the ceiling it hit. And at the end of his workout, he did backflips. He looks like a fit and more elite Jamarcus Russell. I tell this story often because I was there for that. When Jamarcus Russell went number one, when he went number one, 10 other teams would have took him at number one. 15 other teams would have took him at number two. So he was, that wasn't a bad pick at the time. No one said, oh, my God, Jamarcus Russell. Same with Ryan Leaf and Peyton Manning. Half the insiders had Ryan Leaf over Peyton Manning. Fact, not fiction. So these guys were great. Jamarcus Russell wasn't good. He was great in college at LSU. And what he did in the bowl game signified that he was going to go number one. The problem with Anthony Richardson is there's two to three quarterbacks better than him already, and maybe more, and that would be obviously C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, and it could be Will Levis. We have an insider coming up maybe in a little bit. I'm confirming with him to talk about Levis. So if the Raiders won Anthony Richardson, oh, and we got Vinny Bonsignor a little bit later in the show, and I think I'm not going to put words in Vinny's mouth. He'll tell you. If the Raiders fall in love with the quarterback, if they love C.J. Stroud or Anthony Richardson or Levitz, whoever they love, and they want him, go get him. This is what Dave Ziegler got hired to do. He got hired to evaluate everybody. If they love this guy, go get him. Remember, Mac Jones, no one loved him. Josh McDaniels worked with him quickly and got him up to speed. Imagine what he could do with Richardson, but Richardson's the type of player that you cannot start early. You can ruin him. You could ruin him if you any team that takes him. Seattle might want him. Indianapolis could want him. If you got to play him early, you could ruin the kid the way Jamarcus was ruined. Jamarcus was more ruined because he was just a knucklehead. He was just a knucklehead and he couldn't handle the NFL. But I don't think that's the case with these other quarterbacks. So the Raiders are there and they're either there for a smoke screen or they're there because they're sincere about taking him. And I would say that about every team, every team who looks at a young quarterback. Either they're there for a smoke screen to tell everybody they're interested and do their due diligence, or they love the guy and they might take him. I have no idea what Dave Ziegler is going to do here. I'll be talking to Dave a bunch here before the draft, and we'll try to get an understanding about But I know what he's going to tell me, and he's going to tell you the same thing. They love all these guys. I can say anything negative, but when you have the seventh pick in the draft, you're not going to say when you have the seventh pick in the draft, you like anybody, you like them all. You want everybody off your scent like a crime drama. You don't want anybody on your scent. You don't want anybody to know that you want the defensive tackle who's dropping. You don't want anybody to know you want Gonzalez, the defensive back, out of Oregon. You don't want anybody to know what you're going to do. And that's where the Raiders are right now. Plus, here's the key to the whole story. These guys are the Star Wars guys from New England who are stealth. These guys aren't going to tell you anything because they come from the Belichick tree. They're not going to tell you nothing. Zero. They're going to have you off the scent. 
including the flagship radio station, let alone the coaches in front of them and the GMs and the owners who might want these players. So Richardson worked out today. And it looked like one of those videos. You know the kids who, I got a 21 and 19-year-old. They're always sending me videos of guys throwing in basketballs from a rooftop. You know, they're, in, they're hanging out in the Bronx and they take a ball and they bounce it off a roof. And they bounce it off another building and it goes right into a basket. Uh, that's what this guy looks like to me. He can do everything. Jamarcus Russell could also throw the ball. Fact. 70 yards on his knees through the goalpost. True story. That reminds me of Richardson today. So he had his work out here. I don't know if the Raiders are going to take him or not. But I get paid for two reasons. To have opinions and run a faster radio show than most. And my opinion on this is, why did we get Jimmy G? Why did we get Jimmy G if we're going to get a quarterback? Then don't get Jimmy G. Don't get anybody. Go get, you know, Brian Hoyer. And then go get one of these quarterbacks and trade up to number one. And let the number one kid play after week six. But Josh McDaniels... He's a little bit more elaborate. He loves to work with young quarterbacks and older quarterbacks. He got a lot out of Cam Newton. He did. He got Cam Newton to get that playbook down. Look what he did with Jared Stidham, Matt Castle, Jimmy G, obviously Tom Brady, that you and the Raider Nation don't want to give Josh McDaniels any credit for it for Tom Brady. You think Tom Brady, a six-round pick who couldn't take his shirt off because he wasn't in shape, all of a sudden came into the league as Joe Montana. No, he didn't. Josh McDaniels and Bill Belichick made him, made him in practices and workouts and in the weight room and being the boss and telling him how to be good, and then he developed into being the greatest of all time. Better than Montana, better than Unitas, better than them all. And all you guys won't even give Josh McDaniels credit for that. Not all you guys, some will. But the trolls won't. They just say, no, it's the only reason Belichick won and Josh McDaniel has six Super Bowl rings. You go into Josh's walk-in safe, there's six Super Bowl rings, but you won't give him credit for that. You just want to give him credit for his head coaching record, which I'm fine with because it hasn't been impressive. But he's very impressive, Josh McDaniels, are going on these trips and evaluating young quarterbacks and having them ready to play. That's what he does. And he's also really good at parking a quarterback in the quarterback room and saying, you better get here before Brady, you better stay later than him, and you better work out with the other guys, like Amendola and other players that you never heard of. Work with them so when you're ready, you're ready to go. So I'd like to see the Raiders get a, get a quarterback. The problem I have with the quarterback is the same I have with the tight end and everybody else. Look at the situation the Raiders are in. I'm willing to play the long game. I've been lucky enough to get this far with the team. The long game's a nice way to play it. But ask Mike Mayock if you want to play the long game. Ask Mike Mayock if you want to draft players to develop that are going to take five years to develop. That's not a smart move. The Raiders need five defensive players right out of the gate in this draft who are going to have impact. And if they decide to take a quarterback early, I'm all behind it because I'm going to know for a fact Dave is in love with that quarterback, and he is the answer for this franchise long term. So the Raiders might trade up from seven to four. They got the they got the the powder to do it. They have the ability to go from seven to four. They got a bunch of picks in this draft. They can take a couple of seconds and they can move another second from next year and go right into the first round and move up from seven to four. They can do it. I don't think they should, but they might do it. And then you would see Will Levis or Anthony Richardson on this team. I, would, I, I think they tried. They kicked the tires on moving up to number one. They tried to move up to number one. It was too rich. They, why didn't the Raiders spend all this money in free agency? It was too expensive. 
They're trying to build this the Patriot way, which is now the Raider way. Patriots don't, before the draft, go sign a whole bunch of free agents unless it's a special move, unless you can get someone like Randy Moss or you can get a valuable piece to a team that can get you back to a Super Bowl. I remember when Junior Seau came to the franchise. Junior Seau was amazing. One of the greatest players I've ever seen. He came to the Patriots at the end. Why? They thought he was a piece, and he was. They were undefeated and lost in the Super Bowl to the Giants and Eli. So the Patriots do things differently. And I am struggling right now, struggling. And I have been struggling for weeks to try to connect with Raider fans and tell them what they're trying to do. And a lot of people don't care. They don't care. You want the best draft. You want the best free agents. You want the best players. Some of Raider Nation is living in bleeping fantasy land, man. You want seven out of seven draft picks to start. You want five free agents at $30 million each. And you want the best of everything. Not going to happen. They're doing it via the draft. That's the decision to do this. And I think where the franchise is right now, it's probably the smart decision. Well, it's, it's at least why Mark Davis has backed these guys. He really believes in the plan. Just like Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos and other corporate titans believe in their plan until the plan doesn't work, and then they move in a different direction. Mark Davis believes in the plan of this upcoming draft. I can assure you of that. From talking to him privately, Mark believes in the ability of this team and coaching staff and scouting department especially to go in and have a really good draft. And hopefully they're able to do it. So I'd like your opinion on Anthony Richardson as we start off the show because today is his pro day, and Ian Rappaport got everybody going on this. Because Ian Rappaport, I play a lot of his sound when it's available, and Ian Rappaport didn't have uh, audio on this, but he tweeted, hmm, H M M M M M M. You know why? Because it said the first non-player to greet Anthony Richardson after his pro day was Raiders GM Dave Ziegler. That's got 53 retweets, a whole bunch of likes, and the internet, like we said, 715 likes. So I like to use the term the internet broke over that. So I guess what happened is Anthony Richardson finished his workout, did a backflip, and the first guy to meet him was the GM of the Raiders. What does that mean? I think Dave Ziggler likes this guy a lot. They took him out to dinner at the Combine. I think he's getting a workout here in Vegas next week, according to Jordan Schultz. So maybe this is the guy. Maybe this is the guy. I think they should take a starting defensive back, cornerback with the first pick because the defense is a mess. The defense is a mess. And they got to get a couple players who can start on defense because if they don't, then they're going to just have to win games and shootouts. Oh, but that's what JT in the third person told you yesterday. I like this offense. Do you believe who they have on this offense? They can go four wide, four wide, and go shoot out with you. They got Jimmy G. He's a better red zone quarterback. He's better in the red zone, and that should help out with the Raiders on not turning the ball over instead of giving the ball to Carlson for a three-pointer, three points there. Maybe Jimmy G can throw a touchdown. Remember, Josh McDaniels talked about Jimmy G's red zone offense, his ability in the red zone, which is the reason why I don't believe the Raiders need a quarterback because the head coach said this. I think he's, you know, he, look, when you get down there, there's less space. Um, there's more defenders in a smaller area. Uh, it's easier to disguise. So there's, you know, there's a lot going on for the quarterback. And so 
to be able to sort it out, make decisions, quick decisions under pressure with less information, uh, you know, that takes time, you know. And, and so Jimmy's learned and adapted uh, in, to our league and to our game and been able to play, um, you know, fast down there, which is important, get to the right guy. You know, because a lot of times there's a few guys that are double teamed and there's one or two that might not be. And he gets to him pretty quickly and gets through his progressions and, and just has a knack for making some plays down there. Now, if you're the fourth-round pick of the Raiders at quarterback in the fourth round and you sit behind Jimmy G, I'm all for that. I'm okay with that. I actually want to use a fourth-round pick on a linebacker. Lock me up and throw away the key. This is my 25th year coming up with the team. I haven't seen a linebacker play here since Greg Beekert. Remember Greg Beekert? That was the last time they had a linebacker here. And then Denzel Perryman did a pretty nice job. But I'd like to see a linebacker in the fourth round who can go sideline to sideline and knock down a pass when it's thrown across the middle. But if they want to get a quarterback in the fourth round, I like that probably more than a quarterback at number seven overall because I think they have much bigger needs. So we're going to have a a fun time talking about this. If you want to get in on this, Anthony Richardson, yes or no? Because starting today, I told Bobby, starting today, we're going to start talking about the NFL draft for a month. I'd like to do it two weeks out because draft talk could be some of the most worthless talk in all of sports radio. It's really bad. For me, it's like fantasy sports. Whenever I hear anyone talk gambling when they're not talking about the hits or they're talking about other topics, I turn it off. And draft talk could get really lonesome and boring unless you have people that can entertain and talk about it. And we're really going out of the way to try to do that for you. We're going to have the best of the mock draft, guys. I got one coming up in a little bit. And we're going to try to talk about what only matters, the Raiders' first pick or second pick. Why would you even listen to me with the access I have to the team if I was sitting here making a prediction on a sixth-round pick? Like, we know who's going to be available in the sixth round. I could care less who's going to be available in the sixth round. Dave Ziegler is going to take the best available player that they're familiar with. So we want to be really concise with the message we're sending here, everybody. If you like one of these quarterbacks, we're opening up the door today for you to start talking about the quarterbacks. If you agree like I do that quarterback isn't a priority because of Jimmy G, you could agree with me or disagree with me. And if you think there's a bigger priority for the Raiders and Anthony Richardson or Will Levis, C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young, sound off like you got a pair. This is the window right now. We got a month. Got a month going into this for you to make a decision. And today, remember yesterday I said we're going to talk about the offense. Today, I would like your opinion quickly because we got a packed show. I'd like to hear your opinion quickly on the quarterback that you like that's most realistic to get in the draft. 702-365-9200. Lights out, Sean Merriman's going to join us. Former Bill and Charger because he lives in town. He's a friend. And he was a great football player. I'm going to talk to him about Lamar Jackson and the fact that no one's giving him a qualifying offer. No one's giving him the respect for a qualifying offer. Look, I don't talk much race on this show at all because I don't see race. And if you've listened to me my whole career, you know this. But I will tell you now, the Internet is bubbling up with a lot of race talk on you know the white quarterbacks. How come Burrow's going to get $300 million? How come Justin Herbert's going to get $400 million, but the African-American quarterback who won the MVP isn't getting an offer? He's not even getting one offer. So you're starting to see that bubble up here. Bubble up here. I'm just going to throw that out to you. 
Uh, one of the things I'll talk about with Sean Merriman, and again, we have a really good mock draft guy coming up uh, from CBS Sports, Josh Edwards. He also is a writer for Kentucky football, knows recruiting well, and he covered Will Levis' entire career. Will Levis' entire career. So he's going to join us here in about 10 minutes. And again, we got a pretty good show there. So that's where we're going today. Hope everybody had a good day, is having a great day, and we're going to talk Raiders football opening day. i got to tell you this. I'm home with my wife this morning trying to come out of this head cold thing I've been under for a week, having a cup of coffee, and it started for me in baseball. I'm a Yankee fan. I have Yes Network, but everybody's on the Internet. Where's the Yankee game? Where's the Yankee game? Oh, here we go. Sports. I was talking to Lindsay, who's in studio today, about this with hockey, too. Where do I find the game? Last night, I wanted to watch the Golden Knights. Right, I have AT&T Sports now. All I know, it's Channel 684. My buddy's on the call, Steve Levy. He's texting me. And I, uh, my sons have the ESPN Plus app, and I don't have the code to get in, and I wanted to watch my VGK, and I couldn't watch it. It's 2023, and I couldn't watch my hockey team on television because my sons, who were out drinking in college, had the code, and Dad didn't have the code, so I couldn't watch my VGK because it wasn't on TV. I thought it would be on ESPN. I went over to TNT's coverage. I went in. Couldn't find it. Yankees today, everyone breaking the internet. They can't find the Yankee game. So fortunately, I was able to do it. Judge comes up to bat. 62 home runs on the year. It's his first at bat opening day at Yankee Stadium, and this happens. That one's driven to center field and deep. Yastrzemski back, still back, on the track, at the wall. See ya! He picks up where he left off. A home run for Judge. one nothing Yanks. I almost threw the mug across the room. I could not believe that Judge. You want to talk about a big spot? I don't know what Mantle did and Maris did after their record home runs and Ruth, but I, I know Judge just hit 62 and broke all their records with the Yankees. He leads off the game with a home run, and he put it into the monuments where Babe Ruth's plaque is and all those guys. That was really cool to see happen live today, and uh, Yankees are in the midst of that game. We'll give you a couple scores. Yankees up 5 nothing against the Giants in the top of the Everybody in Major League Baseball is playing today. Everybody. So it should be fun here uh, to watch baseball. Happy opening day to everybody out there. That's the monologue brought to you by Remy Martin. Team up for excellence. If you're hanging out and drinking a Remy Martin cocktail on opening day, raise a toast for MLB and opening day. Remy Martin. Team up for excellence. John in Salt Lake City. John, start us off. What's happening? Hey, pleasure to talk to you, JT. Hey, I think with Jimmy Garoppolo, and the way this, this offseason is went with the acquisitions, I absolutely believe this is a playoff-caliber offense. So I don't see the reason that you would draft Anthony Richardson. And plus, I think you'd have to go up to get him. And I just look at where the Raiders are situationally offensively. I think they're better off just spending the draft capital as much as they can on defense. But I do think, JT, they will look to get a backup quarterback in the draft in the later rounds, which I'm okay with that. But so this, 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 this offense right now with Jimmy Garoppolo, I think it is really set up nice. I think people are underestimating it. And I think if they just stay with that, and plus when you look at his contract, he is out next year. They would have mm. to take an $18.5 million dead cap hit. So I think you're looking at Jimmy Garoppolo. For John, John, they, John, you, you nailed it. 
You nailed it. They got Jimmy Garoppolo. He's got two Super Bowls that count. He was a backup, sure, but he got two. He's gone to NFC Championship games. He's beaten Aaron Rodgers in Lambeau Field. Jimmy G is no joke. If no, you, if, he's, uh, he's, he's, he's good not. enough to win right now with the Raiders. If the Raiders had to do a rebuild on offense the way they have to rebuild on defense, I would agree with you. You bring Jimmy G in, you don't have Devontae, you don't have Josh Jacobs, and I'm like, all right, this is going to be pretty brutal to watch. Jimmy G is loaded. He's walking around town popping his black collar and his black suit. He's loving this team. He loves this opportunity. That's why everyone in the Raider Nation should get behind him. I don't know what his numbers are going to look like, but I know what his red zone numbers look like, and that's been a weakness for the silver and black. And I even appreciate JT the way when he got up the microphone for the first time ever, I've heard a, a, a quarterback mention Super Bowl. He says, I'm here to go to the Super Bowl. Yeah. And to me, when I heard that, I was like, I'm on board. But I think if they can get a backup quarterback in the later rounds, I'm okay with that. But I absolutely do not want to see that seventh pick. You start yeah, either, either do I, but I appreciate the call. I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know. They might love the quarterback. Look, these are quarterback guys. They come from the Brady world with, with Belichick. If they love the quarterback, if they love the guy, took him out to dinner, went to his pro day, broke down all the film, had him out here to Henderson, worked him out again, and they say, if Dave goes to Josh, we cannot pass on this guy. This is our Mahomes. That's what Kansas City did. Kansas City didn't have the top pick when they moved up, and they didn't go up to one or two to get to Mahomes. It changed the franchise forever. Forever. I don't know if that guy's here, but they do. Let them do their job, as I've been saying here. Please, you don't. You can be angry and pissed off. I know who you are. Let them do their job this month. Encourage them to do well. And if they do well, we'll all enjoy it together. If not, I'll buckle up here and take the hits like I always do. That's what we're going to do here the next month. We're going to assume they're going to do a really good job. We're going to assume. The monologue brought to you by Virgin Hotels Las Vegas. Head on out to watch VGK, to go to the restaurants, to see J.O.D. at the bar at One Steakhouse. Rudy over at Olives. All my buddies, the original Hard Rock bartenders who are still in the shag room. No place better to have a good time, especially when there's a concert. Virgin Hotels Las Vegas. We're in charge of filling the most important position on the team. There's some pressure that comes along with that. And however we fill it, it doesn't mean we're going to have an immediate answer, you know, this year. But at the end of the day, we have to have an answer. Right. You know, in some form or fashion, you know. And so, yeah, there's pressure that comes along with it. And, and um, again, that's also part of the excitement, too. That's Dave Ziegler. He's in a big spot. As I said, he's got fresh powder. He's ready to roll. He's got the draft equity to move up and do whatever he wants in this draft. JT, back with you. Thrilled to welcome in Josh Edwards, who's an NFL draft writer and a Kentucky football recruiting expert. He knows this market really good with Will Levis and the other quarterbacks, and he's kind enough to join us. Josh, really appreciate you doing this, and I'm sure you saw some of Anthony Richardson's workout today out in Gainesville. Is it breaking the Internet across the country? Yeah, it's kind of funny the uh, takes that people come away with when watching these pro days because I've seen Anthony Richardson hitting the ceiling of that facility about 20 times already. 
Um, but Will Levis did the same thing. I'm just kind of curious, why are we so excited about them hitting the ceiling? I mean, it's not something that really translates to a typical NFL game. So uh, maybe I'm missing the point here. But, um, yeah, I've definitely seen those viral clips going around from Richardson's Pro Day already. Well, you know, as the Raiders are picking seventh and Levis and Anthony Richardson about two months ago, I, I never thought that these guys were top ten picks. I thought that C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young was, but all of a sudden now you could have four in a row. You could have that quick run or four out of five. So let's begin with Will Levis, who you cover and you watched all his games and you break down the tape. Do you think he's ascending now over Richardson or Richardson as an athlete is getting just a little bit more press? Let's talk about those two, but start with Will Levis. Yeah, I think overall Richardson is probably being a little bit more hyped right now as that third quarterback off the board behind Shroud and Young. Um, Levis is a little bit of an older prospect, whereas Richardson is a little bit younger. So you kind of buy into the idea of, you know, him having more time to reach his potential. Levis this past season, the hype did not meet the production. Uh, and you can make excuses for, you know, having a different offensive scheme. You lost three starting offensive linemen to the NFL. I mean, we can make excuses for him, but at the end of the day, you still haven't really seen anything to make you really feel comfortable with the idea that he can be a long-term starter in the NFL. I certainly think that he does have that potential, but to say that it's a certainty he's going to translate and have that NFL success, I think is a little bit of a stretch. This is fascinating to me because I really believe these two quarterbacks are in the hunt for the Raiders. Josh Edwards joins us from CBS. So one thing things about Levis when I see his pro day is the size of his shoulders and his arms and his core and how big and strong he is. But I didn't watch him every weekend down at Kentucky. How is he outside the pocket when he tucks and runs? Is he a guy who likes to get out of bounds or take out a linebacker? And how does he throw his touch passes outside the pocket when he's trying to run away from pressure from a good defense like Georgia or Alabama? Yeah, he's really good when he's getting outside of the pocket. Um, you see his mobility. He can make touch throws on the run. Um, he's a player that, in all honesty, probably you know is a magnet for contact. Uh, he needs to be running away from the defenders a little bit more often than he is. He kind of initiates it. Kind of feel like he thrives off off that contact, uh, which is something he's got to avoid a little bit at the next level. Have a little bit more nuance, trying to avoid those defenders in open space. So he does have that mobility to get outside the pocket and kind of extend plays uh, and make those plays late in the down. Um, you know, Richardson has the same level of, uh, uh, of mobility and athleticism. So both of those guys are kind of viewed in a similar vein right now. They both have this immense potential. But looking at Levis at his pro day, he just looked a little bit too tight in some ways. Uh, he looked a little bit more closed off to the left side, and that's kind of where – you saw some of his passes start to wobble a little uh -huh. bit. Um, there's some pictures going around the internet right now of his transformation from December to where he is currently. And while it is impressive, you know, physically to see the transformation that he has made, you kind of wonder if, you know, this added muscle in his upper body is kind of, you know, restricting his movement to each side. So I'm not someone that needs to see, you know, the quarterback have as, as lean muscle mass uh -huh. and, you know, the low body fat that, that Levis has. Uh, in fact, I think it could actually hurt him a little bit uh, in his ability to kind of read the field and get through his progression. So um, he's got all the p potential in the world. I think he's just got to figure out his body and what kind of works for him at the next level. 
Josh Edwards is our guest from CBS Sports. Josh, this is a tough one because I don't know how closely you, you we're the flagship of the Raiders. And who do you think's more ready to work with a guy like Josh McDaniels that worked with Brady and Jimmy Garoppolo and Mac Jones and Derek Carr and Jared Stidman? And we know he's very demanding because his playbook and success has been very special and unique here. I mean, it's a tough question because I don't know both these guys in the classroom and what they're like, but who do you think would be a better fit for the Raiders to work under this particular type of coach? Well, one luxury I think each of them has afforded is the opportunity to sit behind Jimmy Garoppolo and kind of learn at their own pace. But I would say that Levis is a little bit more prepared to make that transition just because he's had two offensive coordinators over the past. Well, he's had more than that because Mm -hmm. he had different offensive coordinators at Penn State as well. But specifically speaking to the last two years at Kentucky, he had a new offensive coordinator each year. Each of them ran a pro-style offense. Um, One came from the Rams. The other one came from the 49ers. So he has some of that exposure to an NFL-style offense, and he's shown an ability to handle an increased amount of information in a short period of time uh, and translate that to the football field. So I think he's a little bit more prepared to make the transition in that regard. But, again, I do like the fact that Garoppolo is there kind of providing a little bit of a buffer uh, for each of these quarterbacks as they transition to the next level. Josh, who do you think goes number one to Carolina, Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud? I'm leaning C.J. Stroud at this point. Mm-hmm. had an opportunity to see him at his pro day as well. Uh, the ball doesn't pop off his, off his arm the way that it, it does for Will Levis, but you kind of see the way that he's able to distribute the football. It's kind of str- uh, surgical in a way, very accurate. He's able to throw with touch, which is – something that Levis doesn't do quite as much as he needs to at this point. Um, so for me, Stroud is probably the leader in the clubhouse just because he does have that combination of mobility, size, and accuracy. Thank you, Josh. I know we've been uh, reaching back and forth to each other. Thanks for finding time for me today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, of course, anytime. You got it. Josh Edwards from CBS Sports. He covered Will Levis at Kentucky at a high level, and now he's a draft insider here. So it's just good to have him here overall to give you the opinion. So my takeaway from that conversation is Levis probably a better fit for McDaniels, but I don't know. I've been texting with Dave Ziegler now just with him being on the road, and you know, I, I think these guys are looking at more than just who's better in the classroom. I think they're looking at a lot of things, especially with the athlete going forward and who can develop into a superstar. If the Raiders are going to have the seventh pick overall, which they might not, they might trade up or trade down, but if they're going to stay there at seven and take a quarterback with Jimmy Garoppolo, the starter, this guy better be a slam dunk home run superstar. And you can never predict that. You can't predict that. There's always a bust or there's a quarterback that doesn't live up to the hype. But then again, if you could get Ben Roethlisberger or Mahomes, at 9, 10, or 11, and you park them there, and they go to the Hall of Fame, and they win you multiple Super Bowls, pretty good pick, right? That's a decision the Raiders need to make. 702-365-9200. Vinny Bonsignor and lights out Sean Merriman next hour. So get in early so I can get you up here. Here's uh, Kevin in Palo Alto on the Raiders mobile app. What's happening, Kevin? Hey, JT. Thanks for having me on. A couple things. I think the priority for us shouldn't be quarterback uh i'd really like to see us move back to you know the 12 13 range um you'll get lucas van Ness, the the pass rusher out of iowa and then maybe come up in the in the second and third rounds to get guys like 
the corner out of Mississippi State, mm-hmm. uh, Emmanuel Forbes, playmaker, um, as well as you know some uh, linebacker and mm-hmm. then maybe a guard or tackle. Um, I would say probably most likely a guard, but but those that's again what I would like to see. I just don't know that we have the roster that really warrants taking a quarterback as high, um, even if you sit him for a year. He's not going. We're not really going to have the roster to 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 uh, succeed um, in a year from well, now. Well, so well, wait a second. But wait a second. Correct me if I'm wrong. Doesn't the Raiders have the offensive roster right now? One of the better offensive rosters in all of football, top to bottom. Quarterback, running back, wide receivers. A pretty a great left guard. I mean, the offense is really, really good. Not elite, but really good. And the defense needs an absolute overhaul, other than Max Crosby. Other than Max Crosby and Epps, who they brought in, and Spillane's got to be a player that has to prove it here. He can't be a Nick Kwiatkowski. But overall, the offense is pretty loaded. Now they just got to live up to the hype. What happens if this offense can come out and score 27 a game because Garoppolo just has a great year and he's locked in with Devontae? Shouldn't we understand that that's a possibility and that could lead to a better season than expected if they hit home runs on defense? It could, and but again, I would want to see us get more picks and be okay. able to pick up some more defensive players uh, in rounds, you know, one through three. Um, use Garoppolo, to your point, we will have a good offense. I think if we use those early picks on defense and we can hit on at least two out of three, mm. I think we're really in a good position. Um, and then certainly, you know, next, you know, after next year, let's say, then that quarterback comes into a much stronger roster a la Philly, Dallas, where, you know, the trenches are good on both sides. They're outstanding. That's what I would like to see us do. Um, yeah, defense needs a full overhaul. I would start on the interior. Uh, and I said Van Ness just because of the versatility. Okay. He can, you know, play inside in the nickel as well. All right, thanks for the phone call. Well thought out phone call. Well thought out. You know, I think with the Raiders having the seventh pick overall and then the Raiders having the 38th pick overall, they got to get out of here with two really good starters. Just two good starters, not a project quarterback, not a backup tight end. All right? It, it, that's, that's how I say this. Then the Raiders pick at number 70, and they got the 100th pick for Waller. So they have four picks. There, I'd like to see out of the four, three defensive starters. Then when I have my little notepad in front of me and I'm filling out the roster, and I only have if – if we can get three starters on defense, three, along with the five, six starters we have already – we, I say that because I'm a season ticket holder, then we, Raider Nation, have eight starters on defense. Eight. I can't get you 11. Can't. Can't do it. Cannot get you 11 starters uh, going into this year. That would be to my liking. Could get you seven or eight with an offense that's really good. And that's kind of the optimism I've been trying to push here in the month of March because, as Bobby knows, If we're not winning games in November, I don't have a lot of optimism to push. I have plenty to push in March, in April, right? The JT, oh, he's not a lunatic. He's not freaking out. He's kind of positive today. Well, JT's going to the watch party tonight. Watch VGK. He sounded kind of positive on the radio today. Yeah, because I am. I am not going to go down into the gutter of social media and put a bullet in this team Twitter-wise and say the season's over as some are doing in the Raider Nation. Why would I do that? I work for the team. I work on the flagship station. But you want me to go through the gates with the torches with a pitchfork and stand outside and then have the guards throw me into the moat and say, JT, that's how your career ends. Not going to happen. Okay, I'm going to try to say 
stay positive ahead of the draft where they have massive draft picks. And the gentleman who I liked a lot before, the other GMs, Reggie, Mayock, liked them a lot. They didn't do very well. They didn't. And I wish they did better. And on draft day, I like all the picks. You know, on draft day, when they the Raiders select at number 38, they pick some guy. I normally like him. In the past, I'll throw to Kirk Morrison or Marcel Reese or Lincoln. What, what do you think of this guy? Yeah, I think he's a good fit, JT. I think he's going to be a good fit for the team. And we do like 10 minutes on the guy. We read his bio and we tell you who he is. Everybody likes the picks on draft day. They were drafted for a reason. They're generally some pretty good players. The problem is they can't make it in the NFL. You're drafting college kids three years removed from high school. They look good on film, and then they get run over by NFL players, and they don't. And then they're out of the league. Look at how many players the Raiders drafted recently who are out of the league, not even backups on other teams. They're out of the league. And I'm sitting here asking for four out of five starters in the first five picks. Hell yeah, I am. Why wouldn't I? That's what they're telling us they're going to do. This is not a developmental league, as the Hall of Famer told me yesterday. These are supposed to be football players in the NFL when they come into the league. It's nice that you can develop them to become better, but they better be developed if you're going to take them in the first three rounds. And I think Dave Ziegler is going to be able to do that. All right, we are brought to you by our great friends at M Resort Spa and Casino. Head on out to the M Resort. they got concerts. The pool is going to be great when it warms up. It was just hailing outside. I took a video. I alerted the newsmen, all of our newsmen. I sent out the tweet. <laughs> Dana Wagner, Chris Matthews, Kevin Bollinger, Vince Sapienza, Ted Pretty. I took a video here at the radio station where it's hailing outside. Are we in Minneapolis? Is this Minnesota? Are we in Minnesota? We've all seen the 6'4", 225-pound guy that can throw it like a bazooka, but he can't make the choices and decisions. He can't distribute the ball. He can't throw it accurately. So who's, who's the better bet? I'm going on history, production, performance, and, you know, Bryce Young's done it about as well as anybody. That's Nick Saban selling his quarterback, Bryce Young, which he should do. That's exactly what he should do. When you're the head coach and you want to get – that's what John Calipari does – why do you think all the Kentucky uh, basketball players go to the NBA? They're able to do that because they're able to win. And then the coach, who's Nick Saban, tells everybody, you got to go get this guy. He's my guy. JT, back with you as we continue on here. Next hour, Sean lights out Merriman. I, I reached out to him today because he was tweeting about Lamar Jackson. And I want to get more of a discussion on a national show. This is a national show now because we have that Raiders mobile app. Thank God. We have that Raiders mobile app, and I can talk to Raider fans all over the country and non-Raider fans who want to listen to the show. And I think this is a developing story that's getting uglier by the second. Uglier by the second with Lamar Jackson because he deserves a minimum to mid-size offer. It'd be like you putting your house on the market and six houses in your neighborhood sold and no one even attempts to put an offer on your home. How would you feel? If you got a nice house, six in the neighborhood, sold, and you're going, all right, I'm not going to get the top of the market because I haven't put in a new kitchen yet. I haven't put a pool in the backyard, but I was getting around to it, but I want to get out of this house and sell it. And no one comes by your house to look at it? It's exactly what's happening with this guy. He's 26 years old. He has an MVP. 
and no one's coming up to him and saying, you know something, uh, let me come in the house and look at it. Let me at least give you an offer. You got the house on the market for six thirty-five. I'm going to offer you five fifty. I'm just going to do that because I want to see if I can get the house, and no one even does that. That's exactly how he feels. He feels ne- neglected, but I don't feel for him because he doesn't have an agent. If you have an agent, your agent goes and cleans this all up. His agent would be telling him right now, Lamar, go to the beach and throw a football. Go to the gym twice a day and work out. Be ready. I'm going to get you a deal. But he doesn't have an agent to do that. So he's got to go to the gym on his own, talk to his mom on his own, uh, doesn't want to talk to the owner and all that. Let's play this Dave Ziegler bite. This is from our partners here where I work, Sirius XM. This was from Sirius XM NFL Radio. Dave Ziegler talking to Pat Kerwin at the NFL owners' meetings. He's a proven leader and he's a proven winner. Yeah. And, yeah, he's been on some good football teams, but it's <laughs> the quarterback's still handling the ball. Every, yeah, there's every, no hiding. Yeah, you can't hide the quarterback. And so I think to be able to add a player that we know – um, is a proven leader and a proven winner um, was very attractive to us. And, and I think for us, too, to, to be able to see his development as a young player in New England for the first couple years, leave that system, go to San Francisco, and some of the intangible traits and some of the things that we saw, and he won for us when Tom wasn't able to play for those few games. He came in and won for us. To be, to be able to see him go to San Francisco and do those same things, yeah. you know, was, I think was, you know, really um, speaks a lot to who he, who he truly is mm-hmm. and that he was able to go into another locker room and kind to do some of the th- same things we thought he was going to be able to do as a young player, it you know, manifested itself. And it doesn't mean that you won't study the quarterbacks in this draft and, and take one if you want to. That's you, right. You know, we talked to a head coach yesterday who said, yeah, we got our quarterback thing solved for now, but we're looking. Yeah, and I the word. And you're same. high enough in this draft that you got to be thinking. Yeah, we're the same way. You know, we're, if if there's an opportunity to make the quarterback room a, a, a strength, um, you know, we're going to take that opportunity into into um, if the opportunity is there to find a young guy that can help our team and um, that we can grow and build um, in in our system. Then it, it's you know that's that's not an opportunity we're going to um, you know we're going to pass on. I thought that was a really good soundbite. He's talking to legends on NFL radio. Pat Kerwin's been doing this forever. What did Dave Ziegler just say there? Yeah, if there's a quarterback that we want and he's there, we'll take him. I'm okay with that. I wouldn't do it, but I'm not the GM. I would get a defensive player. I get a starting corner. But the quarterbacks don't come around this loaded this early when you got number seven. Uh, the goal is to have the Raiders be in a spot the next five years where they're picking in the 20s, where you're not going to get Bryce Young or a C.J. Stroud-type player. So that's the issue there. It's tough. It's going to be a tough time to figure this out. And we're not going to know until maybe the pick before. I have a feeling I'll know a little bit before that. I tend to on draft day, but I've never worked with these gentlemen on draft day. Don't know what they're going to kind of let me know or not. And I'd rather not know, actually. It doesn't do me any benefit to be tipping picks. Hour number two coming up. Lights out Sean Merriman and Vinny Bonson, you're next.